0: Welcome back to JCM Prepare the Way podcast. I'm Mallory. And I'm Carol. And we have a really exciting podcast today. We are going to be talking about the Christmas blessing of hope. We are in the Christmas season right now, and things can just get so busy, but we just want to bring it back to that message of hope. And we believe that so many people are going to be encouraged today. So thanks for tuning in. And Carol, how about you start us off?
1: Yeah, I also want to mention... Um, we have this message on hope but we also have an upcoming nine day devotional coming up on Hanukkah and Christmas um, which I think is going to be a really interesting devotional for folks it's all about getting our temple ready hmm. for Jesus and so or just rededicating our temple to Jesus so we have that coming up too okay, okay. so yeah I'm excited about both mm-hmm. um, And I also want to mention before we get started today, um, if you are looking for a wonderful, fabulous, incredible Christmas gift to give someone you love, JCM is going to Israel in October of 2023. So please visit our website, jeremiahscall.org for more details. And uh, we would love to have you join us on this trip. Space is limited, but it's going to be an incredible journey, uh, really bringing the Bible to life. So if you know someone that might want to partake in that, or maybe it's you and give yourself a Christmas gift. Uh, We would love to have you there with us.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That Israel trip sounds so amazing. I'm so excited for all you guys. I will be having my new baby at that time and probably nursing and all the things, but I hope I can go one day, but I know so many people are really excited. And I know that Carol has put in a lot of um, research and she's been there before. So this is probably the best Israel trip you could get you guys. So (laughs) (laughs) sign up for this trip. Um, but just, yeah, as we transition in today's podcast, Carol, I know that hope has been on your heart. The last episode we did grace was on on my heart heart. and, um, just these, you know, these simple message. It's like, it seems like simpler. You use these words, um, so commonly like grace or hope, but, what do they mean for us as Mm -hmm. believers? They are so incredibly powerful. And Mm -hmm. so if you didn't listen to that grace message, I would encourage you to go back to that as well. But I just want you to start us off with hope because I know that that has been on your heart.
1: Oh, it has been on my heart for months now. And that's why I think I was so looking forward to today's episode. What perfect timing God has Mm -hmm. to make it part of a Christmas message we're giving. You know, um, when we We talk about our faith. You know, a lot of times we'll talk about faith or being faithful. Um, We'll talk about love a lot and joy even, but rarely do we talk about hope if you Mm -hmm. really think about it. And hope is so needed today. I think that's the thing that my heart is burdened for more than anything right now is this hope that so many people have lost sight of, even within the church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so how I want to, maybe I was thinking about how to start this out, and I think I'd like to start this out by talking about a particular movie that I saw when I was young, but it didn't really have an impact in my life until I was older. So growing up, the movie It's a Wonderful Life, I'm sure most of you have seen it or know it. It was made in 1946, and so it's <laughs> a black and white movie. Um, but it would used to play on the television for weeks on just about every single television station you had back then uh, during this time of year, starting Thanksgiving to Christmas. Much like how, say, A Christmas Story um, or Elf play around the clock today at this time of year, that's how this movie was. And I dreaded it when I saw it on because, or I saw my parents watching it, um, because, you know, it just seemed like it'd be a boring movie, especially since it was in black and white. But when I finally, many years later, sat down and watched this movie with my boyfriend at the time, who is now my husband, um, so all those years later, we both were so touched by this movie. I cried for sure. I know the first time Len watched it, he his eyes watered up. They still water up, if I'm being perfectly honest, um, because it's a really powerful story about hope. And what happens, if you guys don't mind me explaining it for just a moment, it opens with the camera panning a small town called Bedford Falls in the middle of the night, and you see it snowing. And as it's panning, you hear this voiceovers of people who are lifting up prayers for a man named George Bailey. You hear his friends praying for him. You hear his wife Praying for him, you hear his children, oh, God, please help daddy. You know, all these voiceovers continue as the camera moves through town. And as it's moving through town, it's showing all of the establishments where this man's life impacted somebody. Then it moves to a picture of outer space and you hear these heavenly beings talking to each other. Hello, Joseph. Trouble? Looks like we'll have to send someone down. A lot of people asking for help for a man named George Bailey. Bailey, ah, right. Tonight's his crucial night. You're right. We'll have to send someone down. So they call on this angel named Clarence, who hasn't gotten his wings yet, to send Clarence on assignment for George. So Clarence shows up to the conversation. You sent for me, sir? Yes. A man on earth needs our help. Splendid, says Clarence. Is he sick? No, worse. He's discouraged. And that's how the movie begins. If you've never watched this movie, which we do every year at this time now, you discover that this man, George Bailey, is the main character. And he's a man who is living with unmet desires. Because since he was young, he always wanted to leave his small town and travel the world and make his mark somewhere other than Bedford Falls. How many of us felt like that at some point in our lives? But he ended up stuck in this town that he grew up in, taking over his father's building and loan business, which had a lot of problems. Ultimately, the story reaches a point where he faces a financial crisis, too much to bear. And he finds himself on a bridge in the middle of a snowstorm ready to end his life when divine intervention takes place. Clarence, that angel, shows up. And when he meets George, George makes a comment. I wish I had never been born. And so Clarence gets this idea and grants George that wish. And then takes him on a journey to see what life looked like without his presence in it. What his parents' and brothers' lives were like without him? What happened to his wife since he didn't even exist to marry her? Of course, his children were non-existent, too. The effects of his non-existent life in the town of Bedford Falls and amongst his friends and even in the uh, building and loan. It's a powerful, powerful, powerful story for everyone because it reminds us why our presence in this world matters every day our lives touch another person and it affects them in some way. And the same is true of our presence in our environments. Our life impacts others in crucial ways we can't even see sometimes. And so it's a powerful story about maintaining hope in despair and hope in trials, because you discover in the movie that faith, Family and friends matter more than anything else we're going to go through in this life. And so it's about keeping our eyes fixed on the bigger picture, on keeping us fixed on hope and faith and joy and thankfulness in all circumstances. And that powerful statement in the opening of the movie when the heavenlies are talking about George, that to be discouraged and without something to hope in is worse than being sick. And you really think about that. It's Mm -hmm. a true statement. Without hope, we risk becoming discouraged, losing faith that God can help, losing faith in being physically healed or having a marriage restored or losing faith that our prodigal will return home. Without hope, we can't see mended relationships. We can't Mm -hmm. see reconciliation. We can't even see our future, our true future, whether for ourselves our children, our country, or even eternal life. And Mallory, this is why this Christmas season is so important, this Advent Mm -hmm. season. It is so vital to celebrate in the midst of so much shaking, so much despair, so much pain right now in families, loss of employment, in health issues people are facing, in uncertainty about the future in this country or the future of our families, we are reminded that God has overcome it all. He sent his son into the world to bring good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound, whether you're bound spiritually, whether you're bound emotionally, whether you're bound physically, whether you're bound socially, And then to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, his grace upon mankind, that's all in Isaiah 61. Jesus, the image of the invisible God, Colossians says, the fullness of the Godhead bodily, fully God, fully man, left his holy habitation and came here to redeem us, to give us hope, Hope, not wishful thinking, which is how we define hope today, but heavenly hope, Mm -hmm. biblical hope. And that kind of hope means certainty of something, Mm. confident expectation, that thing you long for. We don't wish he's going to bind up our broken heart. He will bind up our broken heart if we let him. We're certain of that. We are hopeful for that because as believers, we have his spirit, mm-hmm. the spirit that rests on him, that spirit to heal, to deliver, to set free, to cast out, to lift up, to pull down, to resurrect. His spirit that does all that is now living within us. So Christmas It is a powerful time of year to remember this, to remember hope, Mm. to hope again, especially if you're struggling with discouragement. That's why I'm so excited for today.
0: Mm -hmm. I think this is such a powerful message and I'm hormonal and crying all the time. But God is so good. We are in so much darkness right now and man, he is the hope, the light of the world. And, um, Yeah, but you know, actually, you know, most people, they, most people know this, but Jesus' birthday, it wasn't actually December 25th. There are a lot of different theories. I went to go research it on when his birth was. I couldn't really find it out too much, but you know, have you ever realized that the day in which we celebrate Jesus' birth, it is during the darkest week of the year. Have you guys been feeling that? It's getting darker and darker and darker. I personally love it because my kids go down early. I sleep so much, <laughs> right. but it, but it is hard because, and I'm sleeping a lot right now, but it is hard because the, it is, you feel that, that darkness and, um, you know, mm-hmm. we're meant to live in the light and see, and it gives us joy. And, um, what is that? Like the yearly depression, like yeah. winter depression or yeah. whatever that is. And you know the winter solstice it typically falls on December 21st or 22nd and that's where in the northern hemisphere that we experience that shortest day and we have the shortest amount of sunlight during the day and then we have the longest night and it's during this time like i said that we experience the deepest darkness of the year it's the darkest time but during this great darkness we celebrate the birth of our savior the light of the world and i think that's such a beautiful picture that god comes in the midst of our darkness and we're told in uh for uh, in john 1 verse 4 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and during this time in Sept- in december we can actually see that darkness all around But like I said, you know, we're feeling this greater darkness in our world spiritually. We can all feel it. Something's off. This doesn't feel right. There's not Mm -hmm. order in our world anymore. But God sent his one and only son into that overwhelming darkness that we thought would never become light again. And he reminds us that the darkness does not win, but he does. Jesus is the light of the world. And Christmas is to remind us of that hope that we have that the battle it's not done that wherever you're at right now whatever battle that's in your life that seems too big too lofty like you were saying like mm-hmm. you don't have hope for a marriage or that prodigal son to come back this is not the end Jesus is so much bigger he's so much stronger and he has the final say and i love this verse and it's read a lot around christmas time and it's a reminder of who our god is and what his purpose is here and purposes and plans are here on earth, in our nation, in our family, in our hearts. And so this is Isaiah 9, and I'll, I'm going to encourage you to go read the whole the whole verse. Go meditate on it during mm-hmm. this time. This is such a time to go slow and, and just be with the Lord. But um, I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read part of it, go on to verse 2, and then 7. But So it's Isaiah 9 nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Mm -hmm. Father, Prince of peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And I love this verse because the Bible is living and active. And you might have heard that verse so many times at church but you know, there's a time where it can just come and hit you. So mm-hmm. yeah, I encourage you go back and meditate on that. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. He is our mighty God, our everlasting father, our Prince of peace. We need the Prince of peace. We are in need of hope every single day. And you know, when we are so secure, I've learned this about my walk with the Lord, when we are so secure in understanding who God is and that he is working every day of our lives and sitting on his throne, which he cannot be taken off, which is so reassuring (laughs) for me, the problems of our world, the worries of our world, they fall at the wayside. You know, I think of that, that song, um, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, How does that song go? I'm blanking right now.
1: Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Uh Uh-huh look on his wonderful face and the things and of this world, world, world will grow, grow strangely, strangely dim, dim in the light of his glory and grace saying that over my mom before she died oh i know it makes that me cry. Song, Think
0: about it. it's just yeah. so beautiful and it's so true if we if we know god if we know this hope if we know that he is mighty counselor wonderful god all of these things we it, the the worries they can't stay mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. in the in the light of who he is And, you know, I think of the book of Revelation where we see John the disciple. He's on the island of Patmos and he was in the spirit and he had this vision of Jesus, the son of man. And this is the description of Jesus. This is in Revelation 113. It says he's dressed in a robe and with a golden sash. So maybe just unless you're driving, (laughs) close your eyes and just try to picture this. Jesus is dressed in a robe and with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. The hair of his head was white as wool, white as snow, and his eyes like a fiery flame. His feet were like fine bronze as it is fired in the furnace, and his voice like the sound of cascading waters. He had seven stars in his right hand. A sharp double-edged sword came from his mouth, And his face was shining like the sun at full strength. And then John sees him and he falls down. He says he falls down like a dead man because he can't stand in the presence of this glory. But then Jesus, he lays his right hand on John and says, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, the living one. I was dead, but look, I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys of death and Hades. And this is Jesus. You know, we celebrate the little sweet baby in the manger every year. And it's beautiful because it reminds us that Jesus, he was so humble and so wonderful. But we have to remember, this is also Jesus, the powerful one who came to save us. And, you know, Christmas, it's such a beautiful time. And it, it has evolved into so much from what the real meaning is. And because of that, people miss out on the reminder of the so many things that this represents for us, that the hope that there is, the humanity, the humility of Jesus coming as a baby. I'm just thinking as I have little babies, like changing their diapers and they just like are trying to find themselves. And, but I just cannot believe that Jesus came as a little baby. And it reminds us of the incomprehensible love of God for us. And for me, I was thinking about this and, you know, when I listen to Christmas music and that's whether it's about the birth of Jesus or Mary, did you know, or, you know, walking in a winter wonderland, all of them, I just, you know, I just get this warm and cozy feeling inside because for me, Christmas is a time of, I grew up with it. It's a time of family. And when I hear Christmas songs, it reminds me of growing up and putting up the tree with my family, spending quality time together and, During this time, our schedules get so busy. I mean, even like our every single weekend is just filled up because people want to get together. They're trying to celebrate and make memories with family and friends, whether it's parties or baking cookies or wrapping presents and all those things I love about Christmas. Like I am someone, I put up my Christmas tree in November, early November. (laughs) I love it. I just want to celebrate all the time. I love the lights. I love everything. And those things, they're not bad. But when all of these things become the focus of our season, instead of being just a wonderful addition to it, we miss out on that hope, the joy, and the power of reminding ourselves that Jesus is the hope, the light of the world. He came to overpower the darkness. And we need this message more than ever right now. And so I encourage you, be still before the Lord during this season. Maybe do an Advent calendar, whether alone, or you know encourage your family to do it read the story of Jesus, meditate on the truth of who he is. Go read that verse in Isaiah nine. Cause I think that there is such a special anointing during this time, even an invitation from God for us to go deeper. And I don't want to miss out on that. And it's just such a wonderful time to step into that, that I don't think that we get to experience every,
1: every month of the Mm -hmm, year. mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, it's good. Thank you for all that. I, um, It is nice when you read those scriptures, the wonderful counselor. Mm -hmm. I pray for his counsel every day. The prince Mm -hmm. of peace, that shalom, that peace and wholeness and soundness and safety. That's what shalom means. It encompasses everything. And that's who he is. He's the prince of it. He is the Mm -hmm. ruler of it. That's why scripture says, let the peace of God rule your hearts. Let Jesus rule your hearts at this time. Mm -hmm. And I I love the word invitation that you used, Mallory. I love that word. I mean, who doesn't like to be invited to something, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody wants to be included or at least thought of when it comes time to being invited to something. Well, Jesus does that. He includes everyone Mm -hmm. when he came to redeem mankind. All of you out there, anyone who is weary or burdened, or hungry, or thirsty, or lonely, or fearful, or depressed, or needing healing or deliverance, all who are seeking wisdom and peace, all who feel abandoned and lost, wounded, discouraged, confused, anxious rejected, or anyone who's experienced trauma, who needs comfort, or maybe you just need to be loved. He will give you all of that. He will give rest for your souls, rest to your overactive mind, rest to your heart, rest from your pain, and so much more. Whatever your needs are, come to him. Put the bottle down. Delete the inappropriate images. Turn off that violent program. Call that family member. Throw the drugs out. Reach out to a friend. Ask for prayer. Cry out to Jesus right now help me save me deliver me heal me rescue me restore my hope that's what so many of us need right now is to have our hope restored in ourselves in god in our family in humanity maybe in your purpose. Look, whoever is listening out there, your life matters. You're important to society. You are impacting the people around you and your community, whether you know it or not. If you weren't here like George Bailey, your life would be missed. Your impact in relationships or at your job Maybe it's the compliment you gave to the waitress who needed to hear something nice from somebody for a change. Or maybe the big tip you gave her where now she can turn her heat back on. Or maybe you're the person who listened to, to, for two hours to the person who sat next to you on the airplane when you wanted to be left alone, not realizing maybe how lonely that person is. Or maybe you met a new friend on the ski lift. You know, we live in Colorado and ski season kicked off. And unbeknownst to you, they just moved here and they're looking for friends. Or maybe unbeknownst to you, they've been numbing emotional or physical pain through drugs. And you expressed patience or just friendliness to them. Maybe you gave them hope in humanity again. Or maybe it's the patience you show to the store clerk during a busy Christmas shopping day when they just got yelled at by somebody. All of that means something. It's all connected. We're all connected. Jesus counted you out there worthy. You're of such great importance that he left his throne to come and save you and save me. And make us part of a massive global family. And then he introduces you to his good father. His father. He loves you so much. He wants to be with you in eternity. So he sacrificed his own life to do that. He wants you to believe in him. He wants you to know what great lengths he's gone for you. That he is who he says he is. Even if you only have faith to believe what I just said, the size of a mustard seed, the size of a grain of sand, he'll enlarge that. He gives you your purpose and then gifts you to fulfill that purpose when His Spirit takes up residence in you after you accept His invitation. His invitation is a free gift of salvation. He gives good gifts, Him being the ultimate gift. And you know, I I think about this, you guys. So great a wonder is He truly so great a mystery, so great is Jesus that as a child, the king of the day, Herod, slaughtered many innocent young boys in his quest to find Jesus and exterminate him, to exterminate that hope that he is for the world. Mm -hmm. And people are still trying to exterminate that hope today by keeping us in fear, despair by keeping us in chaos, gaslighting us to hate each other, pitting us against each other, trying to remove the image of God within us? Listen, friends, the enemy wants nothing but to steal, kill, and destroy you and to steal, kill, and destroy any hope we have or any faith we can stand on or any love we want to give by keeping us discouraged and disheartened as if there is nothing good To look forward to each day. The movie's right. It's worse than being sick. Mm -hmm. Can't you see it? Herod tried to kill Jesus by killing little children. Who are you? You are of God, little children. You are from God and have overcome them. Who? You've overcome the world. The spirit of the Antichrist. Everything that is against Jesus, that's 1 John 4.4. 4. Everything that is not of God, you have overcome. That's why it is his great pleasure to give you his kingdom. And Jesus is the king of that kingdom. The ultimate gift. The anti-God, anti-Christ spirit at work in the world is still trying to kill Jesus by killing and silencing God's children. Us, sons and daughters of the Most High God. That's why you can't lose hope. Because he is our hope and our key to overcoming. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The certainty, the confident expectation of glory, Colossians 1.27. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you too will appear with him in glory, Colossians 3. You don't have to hope that you're going to appear wishful think that you're going to appear in glory. Your hope is that you can confidently expect to appear with him in glory. Or what about 1 Thessalonians 2.19? What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? That's our hope. Paul when he said this in Titus, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. We have hope, a confident expectation of, that we will spend eternal life with God. Listen, friends, heaven is a real place. There is life after this place. There is going to be a new earth and a new Jerusalem one day where before God created the earth first and all the things in it, then he created mankind to dwell in it. And while we see how that ended up, earth is now decaying under a curse. And it will continue this way no matter how much money is poured into improving the climate. Because the earth is not destined to be healed. It's destined to be destroyed, then made new. Newsflash. The first time it was destroyed by a flood, the second time it's going to be destroyed by fire. It's in your Bible. So earth was initially created first in the beginning of Genesis And mankind was then created to fit into it. But God is going about it different now. He's recycling it all. The earth is passing away. So what did he do? What is he doing right now? He's making new creation people in Christ Jesus. First this time. Born again by his Spirit. New creations. So people are being born again, created new first. Then, as you discover in Revelation 21, he creates a new earth for us to dwell in after the old passes away. He's recreating paradise the way that it should have always been, only this time with no sin. With people bought by the precious blood of his son, Jesus. That's our hope. And at the end of Revelation, you see the tree of life return. And listen, if you're one of those out there that doesn't believe in reading Revelation, what is your hope for eternal life? What is your hope for what comes after it? If you don't believe that Revelation is true, then the Bible ends with Jude for you. Have you read Jude? You can't figure out what happens after Jude (laughs) if you're not reading Revelation. That's why 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, And now abide in faith and hope. And love. When we abide in Christ, we abide in all of it. Faith in him. Faith that he's in control. Hope for the future. Not despair or living disheartened all the time. And then love. His love to see us through. Abide in that. Sink yourself into that. Let it become you. Because friends, this world is not our home. It's going to beat us up. It's going to drag us through the mud. It wants to chew us up and spit us out. But our hope is not here. My hope is not in governments of the world. There is no man or woman who can fix our problems. My hope is not in science or anything of the sort. Nothing is going to fix this place. And if something does, it's temporary. Because we're heading to the end of history as we know it. We are going to keep, things are going to keep getting disjointed and messy until the end of time, until the end of history. And history is his story. Therefore, our only hope is from heaven. It is from the Lord. That's why it says now hope does not disappoint in Romans 5.5. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hope will never disappoint you. People will disappoint you. Families will disappoint you. Your boss may disappoint you. I may disappoint you. Mallory may disappoint you. Someone out there may disappoint you. But hope never does because it's a sure thing. It will never let you down. You can be certain to get a new body in heaven. You can be certain that God is for the health and well-being of your family. You can expect to live eternally. I mean, come on. That's why Paul says rejoice in hope, this sure thing, this confident expectation we have. Rejoice in it. It's not wishful Mm -hmm. thinking, and we're not crazy. We're not crazy. That's why we have to be ready, it says, to give a defense to everyone who asks you, the reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear having a good conscience that when they defame you as an evildoer like what's happening right now in courts with Christians that those who revile you will one day be ashamed because they're going to see that you were right all along and that you had their best interest at heart First Peter 3 Meekness in, in this verse is that inwrought grace of the soul, this humility we have towards God. Fear is reverence to God for what he has done and even sending Jesus to begin with. So when be ready. Give a defense for that hope that is within you. Show the world you're not rattled by the things going on around you because you're only passing through. Listen, you've been offered an opportunity, and I have been offered an opportunity, unlike anything we've ever had. The God of the universe invites you, and me, and Mallory, and all of us to come and meet with him. He longs for you. He longs to introduce you to himself. He wants to become part of your life. If you already know him, I hope this invitation will stir your faith and remind you of his love and remind you to meet with him. But if you do not know him, we invite you to come to him and begin the adventure of a lifetime. All who are weary, heavy-hearted, call out to Jesus today. All of heaven is watching and waiting for you. That's why it says in Luke 15, 10, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. At one point in time, that was me. Mm -hmm. To think that Mallory, to even think that heaven rejoiced over my salvation is is incomprehensible to me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why this season stirs up so much within us. Without Jesus, without first, his birth, and then later, his death and resurrection, we would all be lost. Mm-hmm.
0: That was so beautiful, Carol. I loved everything that you said. And we do have this hope. And I loved what you were saying because I was thinking about this as you were, as those words were just washing over me. I feel so emotional right now because this is so real. We do not have what the world has. We have actual Hope. It's not, I loved what you said. It's not just wishful thinking. These things that you're saying, you know, I was delivered from depression. I was delivered from loneliness. I do have a hope, you know, and things happen on the news and it can shake me for a second, but then I go back to my word. And I think of this verse, this is one of my favorite verses about hope. And I think, I think it says hope, hope it's, or faith is the substance of things unseen. And I think in, um, in Summit County after COVID and all this stuff happened, there were these big, it was was like a big yellow heart that they'd put on the side and it said hope. And it just made me think, what does that mean for people who don't know Jesus? And it is, it's wishful thinking hope that what the world will turn around? Well, it won't, (laughs) but Jesus is coming back for us. And so when we talk about hope, it's an actual substance. It's something that I'm I've actually experienced. It's not this um oh, let me just let me just give a rah-rah message right now and you feel good but then you go home and you feel so empty. This is so real and it is an invitation. He is our living hope. There is this song called Living Hope um mm. by Phil Wickham. It is one of my favorite songs and it just reminds us That this hope, it's living, it's active, it's in our lives. And um, the last thing I'm going to say is, um, there's a verse in 1 Peter 1, 3, and 5, and it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And I love that because it's living. This hope is living.
1: It's living. hmm mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap up this podcast, um, we just want to, first of all, thank you all so much for joining us this year, really. We mm-hmm. started in March, and um, this is our first year of doing a podcast, and um, we just hope that our messages are, you know, if anything, they just give you some things to think about. We're not perfect. We we sometimes can stumble over our words and say things <laughs> yeah. we don't mean to say to hurt people. We're not trying to do anything like that. We're just trying to... Um, Just we have just an urgency for the body of Christ. We have an urgency for this world. And um, we see so many people hurting around us. And so our intentions is always pure. Um, We want to love well, and we want to also be people that speak the truth in that love. And so we pray that this message blesses you. We pray that maybe other messages we've delivered bless you as well. And if you are needing to watch something this year maybe to encourage your heart a bit and and to remind yourself that you are valuable in God's eyes I encourage you go rent It's a Wonderful Life. They do make it in the color version now. They've colorized oh. it. Yeah. So you can get the colorized <laughs> <I'm shocking>. ver- <laughs> So you can get the colorized version if you don't want to see black and white, but it is such a beautiful, powerful message and it's funny. It's a funny movie too. Um, but it's a great movie just, Mm -hmm. just to recalibrate some things for you and to get you thinking, um, you're loved deeply by the Lord and, um, he wants you part of his family and part of his life. And, um, do not neglect such a great salvation, a gift that has been given to all mankind. If today you hear his voice, do not harden your heart with pride or anything else. Just believe, believe the size of a grain of sand and call out to him today Jesus save me. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you want us to pray for you for anything, please reach out to us at jcmwomen. What is it again? Prepare the way at jcmcolorado.com. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, um, if you ever maybe feel led to support our podcast in prayer, we would always love that. Keep praying mm-hmm. for us. Um And then also, if you want to support us in other ways financially, um, we would enjoy that too. Um, And you can see a link to that on our descriptor for this episode. But we hope you all have just a blessed Christmas. You want to say something else? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that as I'm listening to this, I just, there are so many people that need hope out there. And if you're someone who you're listening to this and you're encouraged by it um, and you're experiencing this. Think of someone in your life. Ask the Lord to put mm-hmm. some someone on on your heart to send this message to, or take a verse that you let you know that reminded you of hope, or just reach out to someone and remember that there are a lot of lonely people out there. And um, if, if you feel like this could encourage mm-hmm. them, send it. So just ask the Lord, and I pray boldness over you if mm-hmm. you've never sent anything. So yeah, awesome.
1: Well, we bless you all. Have a wonderful, very Merry Christmas. And uh, until next time, God bless you.